Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after, <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story, and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, everyone. I am so grateful to share this interview with one of my dear friends and colleagues, Mangala Holland, who is a women's sexual confidence and orgasm coach. She is one of the world's leading experts in female pleasure. And I met her in 2020 at an event and it was, you know, right out of the gate, I, I want to acknowledge that there are so many sexuality coaches, there is so much available to us around sexuality. It is so amazing that there is such a thing as a sexuality coach right now. And after 11 years of doing relationship work, there has never been a woman who has not brought into healing and into depth work aspects of her relationship with her body and her sexuality and everyone needs healing around this and there are many different paths to healing around this but no one is talking about it in the way that I've seen Mangala talk about it and she does have expertise around helping women in perimenopause and beyond access more pleasure than they ever thought possible she has been doing this a long time. She has a uh, training that she offers for other women to become embodied female pleasure facilitators. And she's someone that's really moved me and inspired me and helped me on my journey. I love her work. And it just so happens that she has a book coming out this month on Valentine's Day and it's so, so, so exciting. So I'm so grateful to offer her story to you and her expertise and to really see the path. If you're someone who doesn't really know where to begin or you're overwhelmed by um, the effortlessness in which some, some women share their sexuality online or even in your life, and you're really wanting to reclaim orgasms, reclaim pleasure, reclaim, you know, your right to have pleasure. And she has such, such powerful wisdom to share. And I really enjoyed this interview. And I so hope you do too. And that you run to the bookstore to grab her book and that you follow her and get to know her and, and really join her in the movement of embodied female pleasure and and freedom and sexual healing. And she does go on to share that she was a client of mine. She did participate in one of my group programs and is now really experiencing an, an amazing, healthy, yummy relationship. And that's such a beautiful thing to hear too. 
So enjoy this episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being oh, here. Thank you, Catherine. I'm really excited to get into this. Uh, I know it's going to be a really juicy conversation. Yeah. And I, you know, before we hit record, I essentially said that female pleasure has never been centered, right, in, in the history of the world. And with the old paradigm on the new truth that we're breaking, there are many women who still, I mean, one, just don't prioritize self-pleasure in general because, right, they're busy, they're stressed, there's other priorities. And then two, wait for a man you know actually i do want to hear your thoughts on this the like it's his job to open you to god and <laughs> to you know to give you the best orgasms of your life right and how at least for me i have a lot of clients who think if they don't immediately have like great sex and sexual chemistry they write that person off mm -hmm. rather than that what's vulnerable is the conversations and, and figuring it out together oh, so absolutely. let's let's start there yeah and all, all, the truth of and the truth of of female pleasure and why it matters yeah oh absolutely and you know when you say about yeah when female pleasure isn't centered and it hasn't been centered ever historically it's not even that it hasn't been centered it's been seen as dirty shameful sinful dangerous right. you know um hidden all of these things uh and so this is a you know this is a radical shift um when we when we shift that and things that really block people from you know women and people involved with from really accessing their pleasure and their confidence and just being able to feel like they can let go and relax and feel comfortable and safe are things like yes priorities is a big one but sometimes there's this like the not deserving um, is a really big one. I we mm -hmm. I ran a class today, and that was one of the key themes. We've been going through this group program for five months. And we finished it today, and that was one of the key themes. It's just like, oh wow, I finally have shifted this thing, and I really actually acknowledge mm -hmm. that I do deserve this, and that it's my right, and that I can claim this for myself. And there's nothing wrong with me for wanting to feel pleasure, and not just sexual pleasure, but pleasure in every every aspect right. of life as well. So, you know, that's one of the things. And also some people just never had the education. We're, we're not taught how to have amazing orgasms or how to, how to trust our bodies. And it comes back to this real deep thing of trusting our bodies, trusting ourselves, trusting the responses, feeling confident enough to be able to express our boundaries and our desires and being able to say no and all of these things that is really key as well. And when you add in things like shame, guilt, mm. feeling like you should be doing something more productive, <laughs> it's a deep one, particularly for, you know, I know like you, you've been, uh, you know, recently stepped into motherhood. That is a, a big one for I was going to say fully yeah. called on, out on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right yeah. And it's, that's uncomfortable to sit with. I know, but it's, you know, that is a big one. And then when you add in trauma and, upbringing and cultural conditioning and religious upbringing uh, conditioning things like that you can see all the different layers that impact and and stop people from being able to to access their pleasure easily and 
you know so if anyone's listening to this who is struggling to feel pleasure or to be able to feel comfortable enough to relax and let go you're not alone by any means um and this is the work is to learn how to feel safe in our bodies so that we can do the unraveling and the dismantling of all these layers of conditioning and and start to start to feel good about making it a priority and that we do deserve it and that it's okay to put pleasure first mm. so that it becomes a resource for everything else so yeah what's, what's sex education in the uk well, so i grew up in new york and we had two two classes when i was in eighth grade essentially about the mechanics of yeah. heterosexual sex only yeah. and the and then stds yeah um, and from, that that was it <laughs> from what i remember and bearing in mind you know i was born in 1972 so things have probably changed a lot since then um but yeah it was very much don't get pre- here's how to not get pregnant, mm, not get pregnant. A, don't get pregnant and, and avoid stis uh, and that was it and what we see now um i don't know what it's like in the states but in the uk the funding has been cut by mm. i think it's something like one billion one billion pounds for sex education the government have cut that and what we're seeing in the younger demographic is that more people are getting their education not just from porn but also from tiktok and you know social media and there is so much disinformation on there as well and it's really quite worrying and what the latest statistics are showing is that people age like kind of teenage and 20s up to mid 20s they are the the demographic that is experiencing the least sexual satisfaction mm. and it's actually people in their 40s and above who are experiencing more sexual satisfaction which is wild when you think yeah. about it, it really why do you, and do you think that is because of the misinformation i think now? it's got a lot to do with it and I think yeah. as we get older, hopefully we learn some life lessons along the way. Right, I know, hopefully. Like, yeah, I know when I look back to my, well, my 20s and my 30s, I was just going out and having loads of drunken one night stands, getting high, just sleeping with mm. random dudes. And it, it was because I felt so insecure about myself and I hated my body and I was so disconnected from my sexuality. So I was just seeking validation in all mm-hmm. the wrong places and just going home with random dudes who didn't give a shit about me and would treat me like shit and then that would make me feel more like shit and more shameful <laughs> and it, it just reinforced this this cycle you know um and I'm sure I'm I know I'm not alone in that I hear no. it from my clients. me too over here <laughs> yeah 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 and as you say about like vulnerability and like when you get into a new relationship or you know you're in partnership like as you say to um it's not always going to be sparks and fireworks straight away. And sometimes the longer, the longest lasting relationships are the ones where you get to be vulnerable and communicate about this and start to co-create intimacy rather than assuming that so no one can give you an orgasm or give you pleasure. It's yours to access for yourself. Mm. And it's like, you know, you you yes there will be some chemistry and some people are going to be more naturally skilled than others but with good communication so much can be um created and collaborated and working together as a team on this Mm. that's what it's about yeah everyone needs to there needs to be like a bumper sticker of what you just said that no one can (laughs) give you 
pleasure, right? It's yours yeah. to claim. Yeah. And what's what's true for me in my, you know, 20s and even my first sexual experiences, it was always about his pleasure. Yeah. Right. And the and I recently had someone on um, a former client who's now a body image coach. And, and we really had a big conversation about the objectification of a woman's body that she does to herself. Yeah. Right. Rather than I'm sharing myself. Right. Like that. I get to feel good, too. Yeah. Um, and I I mean, I never had an orgasm for a, for a long time. Cause it was never about me. It was never, about, it was never about my enjoyment. I actually felt more enjoyment knowing he was happy because yeah. that was the training, right? That was the yeah. great patriarchal training and the list, you know, of everyone really just taking a deep breath into like, when you just named like all the layers of the things that get in the way, you know, the recognition that healing this and, and, and coming home to yourself in this way is not this, like, here's your three-step you know, yeah. process and and then and, and you're all set. And that's part of why, you know, I wanted you on because I've, you don't ever promote that in that way of like, here's the quick fix of unraveling all the things, right. That are in the way, but here's the gentle loving guide that says, yes, you can heal. You can access this. You can prioritize pleasure. And, you know, there is a way home right. To, to that safety and ease. Cause that's, that's, what's in the way for me now, um, is the ability to relax. So can we talk about that? Cause totally. I'm sucking at that. Yeah. <laughs> these, and this is, this is days. relevant for everybody and it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey, you know, and she was saying about like it all being for your partner's pleasure. You know, some of my clients are in their seventies and they're finally discovering for themselves. Oh no, I can have this for myself and I can have g-spot and cervical orgasms and it's never too late so yeah yeah and when it comes to this like as you say like relaxation but it also the foundation starts with feeling safe in your body and, and it starts all of this work as we say like there's no quick fix you have to go at the pace of your nervous system and your body and that can't be overridden you know we can't we can't mindset our way into it it has to come through the body and um and so that is the foundation. And if, you know, if you're a new mum or if you've had some trauma and you struggle to feel safe to stay in your body, that needs to be addressed first because once you've got the foundation of, you know, a more a more regulated nervous system, it's not always going to be regulated. We have a window of tolerance. So we have moments where we've got more bandwidth than others. And that's, mm -hmm. of course, and we've got things like, you know, how much you've slept, what your hormones are like at the moment, right. and all these other things that impact us and stress and, and all of these things. But the more we can have a regulated nervous system, that then creates more of a foundation for pleasure to be able to, to build upon. And, and from there, then once we're able to the way I work with clients is once we've got the nervous system pieces in place, then we're able to start to work more with embodiment practices so that you can actually be in your body and not stuck in your head and not being stressed and overwhelmed. And again, that's got its own timeline. <laughs> and then from there, then we can start to cultivate more pleasure and that's in daily life as well as sexual and then from there, once that's in place, we can look at more full body pleasure and then orgasms. So it's it's that's the roadmap that I work with. And it 
it, it as I say, it takes as long as it takes. And sometimes it can feel like, oh, I'm right back at the beginning mm. again, but you're not. It's like, I see it as a spiral. It's like, you, yeah, it's all healing is. It's all healing. Yeah. 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 And, and isn't that funny? I, I mean, I people are all stressed out and then they like show up on a date and think they're just going to have their heart open after I've just been like busy all day. And same with like sex, like I've been running around all day and then now I'm supposed to just open and relax and like have this great sexual yeah. experience. I mean, if you if people have been listening to the podcast for a while, my biggest joke is I met my husband in the most relaxed state of my life. <laughs> like, like I was the most stress-free in my body, relaxed, like no worry, you know, 27 years old. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's of course when it happened. And I see now that my work is okay. How do I sustain that then? Right. It can't just be, Oh, I was blissfully unaware at 27 years old. It's okay. Can I take what I learned from th that being the truth to then that's the practices I have to do in my life now. Yeah. So when you say like, what is the beginning for someone when a woman or, you know, whoever's listening right now is like, wow, yeah, I'm you, I'm in survival mode. I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm running from one thing to the next. I'm having a really hard time slowing down. How, how would you offer, you know, the beginning journey to feeling safe in their body? Great question. And for me, this starts with just the most simple, simple things. And so everything I teach is super bite sized. And that's it could be moving your body for one song. Like if you can mm. just do that every day, like if that's, you know, just five minutes, just one song, just to close your eyes if that feels safe and just move your body, that is going to go a long way to really supporting you and helping you get out of your head and get back into your body it could be even simpler it could be just sitting down and focusing on your breath for a couple of minutes and doing a specific breath to help move you out of this paras out of the sympathetic nervous system and out of that fight or flight and into a more relaxed resourced space it could be something as simple as just bringing a bit of self-touch mm. to yourself even while you're on the loo, if you, you know, if you're a mum and you've got no, no private space, no, nowhere to get away from. If the bathroom is your only, your only private space and you've got a lock on the door, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, just to self-soothe yourself. It's like mm -hmm. really bringing things back to really simple, simple things, because it's when we do the simple practices, they're more accessible and it feels more doable. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know. Most, you know, I'm sure you don't have an hour to devote to pleasure every day. Like, no, no. <laughs> so why would we even try to do that? That's just going to set you up for feeling like a failure. Right. And instead, if it's like, can you snatch mm. three minutes? Yeah, hopefully at some point you'll be able to do yes. that and it will help you sleep better. It will mm. help shift your mood. You're going to feel less overwhelmed, start to create a bit more bandwidth. And that then is the the bridge and the stepping stone to to them being able to move beyond it yeah and the the mindset of this matters mm -hmm. you know like it's not like getting to it I deserve it like when I think of my where I was in my 20s that wouldn't have occurred it like like that would have felt like a huge leap yeah but to feel into when if I prioritize being in a relaxed nervous system state that's like good for me that's you know, like, like like the basics yeah. of just that, like before I could get to I'm worthy and deserving of pleasure, it was I am 
it's good for me. It supports me to be yeah. in a relaxed state. Not just that, we need it. It's fundamental. It. It's it's not a luxury. This is mm. a necessity. And you know, they talk about like on airplanes about putting on your own oxygen mask first. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but this is it. It's like we absolutely need this. And I, I'll never forget one mm. client who's a mum of teenage girls and she it finally dawned on her that it was mm. okay for for her to leave the breakfast dishes in the sink when they'd gone to school and just to be able to have 10 20 minutes to herself like the world's not going to end like you know Mm -hmm. but it really is essential Mm -hmm. because this is about you reducing your stress levels it's about your health it really is and and physical health mental health emotional health this is this is why it's so essential um Really I have goosebumps is. now because I, I clearly needed to, like, I love how my brain couldn't even get there. Like it yeah. tells you where I'm at right now. Like we yeah. need this. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's a need yeah. is, is the core, just like you need sleep and food and, and yeah. connection with other people and how many women when, when we're struggling with trauma, right. And, and dysfunction or been caught in a survival pattern, half of the work with some of my clients is we're getting to the basics of getting their needs yeah. met like neglect of self is chronic for so many absolutely women. and you know we talk about deserving for some people that might they might hear that as entitlement or like mm. this is like you know oh I'm being a bit princessy here and it's all about me 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 or you know or that this is somehow a luxury or frivolous and it's not it this is fundamental to our well-being it, and it, it affects it affects how we show up in every area of our life. So it really is that that core a need. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And then if you feel where we are with how these are the fundamentals to rest and, and relaxation, which give way to having great orgasms, yeah. how many women want the orgasm? Like it's like the chase to the big, I want a full body orgasm, yeah. but I'm having trouble sitting down for three minutes and, exactly. and breathing. That's the patriarchal capitalist bullshit too, of everything has to be fast and furious and explosive and and big and grand rather than the magic is in these small slow yeah you know bite-sized doable yeah you know experiences that build on you know each other absolutely and you know that's the thing as well is female bodies don't respond well to goal oriented sexuality and it's so frustrating if you're someone who struggles to orgasm or doesn't orgasm it's so easy to come fixated on that and to feel like or to, or to feel like you're getting close and then it kind of disappears or you reach a certain point and then it just kind of plateaus out. And this, you know, that is really frustrating for people because it's like, it's like there's something wrong with me. Where am I going wrong? What am I not doing right? It puts pressure on you, puts pressure on your partner. They feel like a failure. Then it becomes this like, unhealthy dynamic nobody wants to initiate and that's where things get really sticky um and instead it is a paradox but like these orgasms show up when you take the goal off the table there's so much more it's more about okay how can i how can i just be curious how can mm. i track how can i start to learn to follow the subtle things of what feels good in my body and learn to follow that and be able to communicate it if like oh 
not feeling this now or can we try this instead and just following the threads of what feels good and this mm -hmm. is a as we say it's a more slow steady gentle approach but this is this is what shifts it um yeah and mm -hmm. i've worked with loads of people who thought they'd never they'd never experienced orgasm some for many decades and they've had incredible breakthroughs so yeah it's totally possible and it's the slow paying paying attention process what what would you say are like um let's do some myth busting mm. about female pleasure um because i do think the fast and furious and intense energy around sex is what's like the fantasy you know the fantasy like even in movies when i think about what's portrayed right like mm -hmm. we only have seen that <laughs> in tv shows like intense thrown up against the wall yeah. like look like i'm having the time of my life rather than slow messy vulnerable you know awkward. oh awkward <laughs> right yeah. um so what would you say like let's do like the top three myths or like the three things you hear the most um that you bust you know from yeah. from clients well before we get to that let's let's just kind of name the fact that a lot of this fast furious intense stuff it comes from movies and it comes from porn porn and that is not like yeah. I would say 99% of it is not about female pleasure. It is filmed for the viewer, um, filmed for the male viewer, and it's fast, it's furious. It's encouraging them to ejaculate faster. So it's it's chasing a dopamine hit, you know, essentially, um, which is the complete opposite of what we're trying to experience. So yeah i think let's like one of the i think the biggest myths is this idea that we just come together and have this explosive chemistry like you say in the movies and you're thrown up against a wall like yes that is called often that's what's called spontaneous desire and that that might happen now and again particularly if you've got a new partner you might have some moments of that but a lot of us in female bodies tend to have a bit more of a responsive desire particularly as we get older as well so mm. and what that means is we might need to actually get going and actually start engaging in intimacy before we start to get turned on before we start to feel pleasure or before we start to feel arousal it's like we need to fool around a bit and actually start getting into it before that builds yeah. and it might be a bit more of a slow burn and so for a lot of us that that really does take a lot more time um, so that's the first one. The second one I would say is about orgasms. And again, with this fast and furious thing, it makes it look like everybody experiences orgasm, <coughs> excuse me, really quickly. And, and it's just in a few minutes. Um, and that is really not the case. And for they've done some research and even for full engorgement of just the clitoris alone I'm not talking g-spot or anything beyond that but even just for the clitoris it can take up to 40 minutes and that is wild you know so wild. if you're if you're if mm. your expectation is that you're gonna have this quick experience and it's like and you're a failure if you haven't come in five minutes that you know that mm. that's that's really harmful to everybody that that was set up to expect yes. that it really is um and then the other one i would say is about people orgasming together like that's 
not as it's it's pretty you know it's it's not that common um and yet we're we're fed this thing in the movies and in porn as well and so it becomes this race to orgasm and that we're supposed to keep up with with a partner particularly if it's a male partner um and that's incredibly unhelpful as well um yeah it really is and so there's, mm. there's so much i could say on that and one of the things i would really say as a way of like how do we work around this is to have more um nervous system and embodiment in place first particularly whether it's whether you're going on a date or whether you're going to engage in some self-pleasure or whether you're about to have intimacy with a partner, like doing some kind of practice first to get you, if, you, right. if you've been running around all day or you've been on the computer all day, like I have, you know, like you need a state change. And, and so doing something first can be really, really helpful. And then the other thing mm. is loads more foreplay. And this is the bit that just gets skipped in most of the education that I see. Yeah. Um, it's really 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 important um, what would you say to the woman who's thinking like oh my gosh it could take me 40 minutes like what if he's impatient what if he doesn't want to wait that long that's a long time like what would you say to that woman to was, like the anxiety about time because I yeah, hear I hear that totally uh, I would say firstly see if you can be curious about it and not have mm. an expectation and just see take the pressure off and just see where you end up secondly any partner worth their soul is going to be turned on by you being in your pleasure amen that's going to turn them on more than anything else so if that takes longer they're going to have a better time (laughs) if they're not prioritizing your pleasure then i would question that completely um you know that, that would be something to look at you yeah. know, I'm I'm thinking of many, gosh, I mean, it was probably one of our, in our first year of releasing the podcast, we had um, a, a sexuality expert who essentially talked about prioritizing her pleasure became the way to keep herself away from toxic men. Oh, yeah. That, I could that, tell, yeah. So let's talk about that. Like that, yeah. like really, because I can feel how many women have just never even known yeah. a healthy dynamic. Mm-hmm long before healthy in bed, right? If it's not healthy outside of the bedroom, it's not going to be healthy in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, and that when you prioritize your own need, right, which is your well-being, right? And then your pleasure, you won't have interest in someone who's not interested in you being yeah. fulfilled. So what would you what would address that about this, like the toxic dynamic or um unhealthy dynamics and how this practice is your protection really oh, right yeah. from that yeah absolutely because I you know I've seen this in my own life I've seen it with so many clients like this is sometimes one of those areas where we give our power away because we've not felt empowered we've not felt strong in ourselves and so as I said earlier you know me having all these random one night stands with dudes who were just all over the place <laughs> you know it's like once we're able to really connect in with our own pleasure we we it's mm. just like this filter we know straight away or, or we've got more of a an understanding and a discernment about what feels in alignment for us like we actually know what feels good and what feels healthy and we're able to filter that out and so even when it comes to being on apps and swiping on people, you know, from my own experience, I, I got really 
clear and ruthless in a good way of just like no can tell you're not you're not got my best in I'm not even going to bother talking to you you know and just yes that Mm. was perhaps a little bit harsh but I was able to really get clear Mm. on like who is a good person who who isn't in it for the right reasons Um, and if they can't or won't prioritize your pleasure then they are absolutely not worth you engaging with at all and you start to really see that because when you can give yourself amazing orgasms why would you bother wasting your time with someone who's not treating you well you just wouldn't it's like no I'd rather take myself out to a nice restaurant and have a nice meal or I'd rather stay in and read a book um right or I'd rather just have a you know some self-care or some self-pleasure I don't need that kind of toxic stuff I'm not available Mm -hmm. for it just not available for it so this this is the most important thing here uh, like to, for everyone to hear that you, this is how you essentially rescue yourself from these yeah. dynamics. Um, yeah. Because if you know what feels good, exactly like you just said, when you know what feels good and you're treating yourself well, you can't even imagine engaging in a dynamic where that's not happening. Right. Yeah. And this is where it starts, right? Yeah. This is where it starts. And it's that self-esteem piece and that yeah. comes you know through the work I do with clients that's what we're repatterning from the inside out through the body through the nervous system um, and that is really important and the other thing I want to say on that is you know I know it's easy to get a bit confused with what is hot chemistry and what is a dysregulated mm. nervous system I know I've been there where I've thought oh this is really amazing and I'm feeling so much and um and actually, yeah. were, you know, then going, oh, actually, that wasn't that healthy. It was just attention. And it was especially when there's push pull dynamics and someone's blowing hot and cold um, or they're keeping you dangling. You know, you, and if you've if you've got a background of if you've got a history of trauma or something that 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 needs some unraveling. So to be able to really determine what feels safe and nourishing and regulating mm-hmm that sometimes we can see that as a bit boring and it, it takes a bit of that takes the that's what the work is about it's yeah. really kind of being able to sit in that yeah. yeah that's I mean that's like so key because we're again that being taught that fast and furious and intense mm-hmm. is the priority versus and, and at least for me my I never prioritize, you know, my new kind of obsession in motherhood has been around emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and like emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. And when you're prioritizing chemistry, you're not paying attention to how your heart is actually being treated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's all body-based intensity and maybe I'm, maybe I am having great sex, Mm -hmm. but then I'm not paying attention to what's happening when we're not having sex. Yeah. And imagine like when I think of an or or pleasure filled life is you're having pleasure, pleasurable experiences when you're just talking to the person, right. Or when you're holding hands and you're walking down the street or when you're not with them, when you say goodbye from a date, there's pleasure between dates rather than the anxiety of waiting for them to like text again. And so like, I love that it's the body-based practices around pleasure that support the healing of your nervous system, but your heart, like if we're like what the, for me, the mindset of like, I deserve this is from your heart. 
Yeah. Right. It's from, it is from the the truth of I matter and my well being matters and how I'm treated everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then from a relationship perspective, the sex is a cherry on top, right? Like the old paradigm of relationship is taught that like sex is the number one, right? And all the attachment research shows that great sex is a result of a great emotional connection, not a result of what your body looks like or how fast you're going or the mechanics yeah. or even the skill. Absolutely. Right. Attachment research has now blown all of that out of the water that like it's a great sex is the result of a great emotional connection because a great emotional connection is safety. And you can only experience a safe emotional connection if you're safe in your body because then you're paying attention to how your heart is being treated. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll just share here. I was like, you, you want know, to like, share your story? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, I worked <laughs> with you as a client, what, a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'd been single for a long time, like a good few years. And I, I had some some trauma that I was working through. And and what, when I was working with you, I realized so clearly that I was really avoidant, really avoidant. And, and I hadn't realized how that was blocking me from intimacy mm-hmm. until we did that work together and really understanding it from an attachment point of view and spotting where I was sabotaging you know relationships and 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 it wasn't a straightforward journey it wasn't overnight I I've done a lot of therapy since and I just slowly bringing down the wall that I had up and and, and I and in the last kind of year and a half, I have just been constantly, like very intentionally dating um, on apps and really trying to, to um, let go of an idea of what a type is and just going out and meeting loads of different types of men of, of varying ages and locations and just getting a feel. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a, um, a process for myself of just deep learning about what felt good to me and what didn't um and so i go out on coffee dates with all of these guys none of them got a second coffee yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but it was and and constantly just in the question of how does this make me feel how does my heart feel would i see this person again and just with that just that i remember you teaching that you don't need to look any further than do i want to see this person again instead of like trying to envision some future um and so I've now been seeing someone for three months and I got home from that date with him I actually stayed for a second coffee with him which is the first time I'd done that with anyone Mm. I knew that was different things were flowing and I got home I remember lying on my sofa thinking this feels really different I feel really calm and I feel happy and I'm excited and I want to see this person again and it it just I knew it felt different and I was able mm. to feel that. Um, and because of all the pleasure work I've done on myself and all the self-pleasure over the years, when we got intimate and we did take it slow, it was mind-blowing and not in a dysregulated, crazy fast way, but in a way that it really mm-hmm. felt that we were coming together as two humans who were learning to be intimate and vulnerable with each other. And it was a lot of fun and really exciting and all the embodiment work and the pleasure work I'd done paid off. It it was, right. you know, it, it was incredible. So I want to share that as like, you know, there is hope. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody's hopeless. I mean, the, yeah. the fairy tale is unless you find the right person, you're hopeless. Like it, it has that just full disempowered mm. view rather than women have so much choice 
and have so much capacity and you can learn how to do this well. I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite things you said today is about being ruthless. I hope everyone learns how to be ruthless. Like when you value yourself, it isn't just anybody gets to come in. Yeah. Right. You have to treat me well. Yeah. And like sex is the cherry on top, but it gets to be good. Right. Like that's the message of this, of the episode today. Right. That it isn't, oh, cause I've had what is true. I've had so many people maybe have a great emotional connection. Right. But then they're not attracted to the person. Yeah. Right. And so then they think, I mean, the amount of stories, not my clients, of course, but things I've seen of people being like, I married the nice guy because I never had that experience before, but I'm not attracted to him. And the thing is that spark can be cultivated. Right. You can grow that. You can build that as long as both parties are willing to to do some exploration and to do the work and to be curious and vulnerable and to have the communication around it. That's that's what's yes. Going. It's usually a child just throwing a tantrum when yeah. we say emotional connections. Like, well, then I'm not allowed to be attracted. Like, that's yeah. not what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but we're saying, look at how you prioritize and where you stack on. Okay, am I saying only great chemistry matters, and then I'm not paying attention to how they treat my heart, right? Because if you're not attracted to someone at all, that's really hard to work with. Um, but if there's if there's not fireworks, it can it can grow. And, and I'm sure you've also had clients like I have where it's like they end up in a connection with someone and they they know it's not serving them, but the sex is really good and it's really hard to step away. And it's just like yeah, they keep let's talk about that. back. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. that's the other side of the same coin. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's and it's funny, like what makes it good mm. is the chemicals. Right. Like that, that's the, the real kind of shifting out of the old paradigm is like good sex is a result of the way we feel about one another and the fun and the play and the exploration rather than I'm flooded with chemicals. So I'm, and I'm not even a soul anymore. Like I'm just a body doing the mechanics. Um, I've funnily enough, um, I've only had one experience. The best sex of my life is actually with my husband. Um, right. so that's fun. <laughs> um, the, the best experiences I've had, but the, there was one other time I had what I would have called great sex with someone who absolutely was not interested in being my boyfriend. Um, but even then, like when I look, I wouldn't have said it when I was inside that experience, but when I look back on it now, it's like, Oh, just because of mechanics. Like it wasn't about that he prioritized my pleasure. He definitely did not. Um, It was the mechanics of our bodies and the surge of adrenaline that would happen when I would see him. But now that's this, the safety and the care, like my husband's the most gentle, caring, thoughtful, absolutely focused on my pleasure, but also really in his body. Mm-hmm. you know, too. And that's, and that's what I can, like, I on retrospect, right. If you had asked me 10 years ago, how to look for it, I wouldn't have been able to, but again, like I shared, I was the most relaxed I'd ever been. And I was the most in love with myself I had ever been mm-hmm. before I met Andrew. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and now we have to address because it is like the other side of clients. Cause you just shared your dating experience, women that have been married for over 10 years, they've got a bunch of kids and, and they're not having sex right or or they're not feeling connected or she's just doing it 
you know, to like get it out of the way for him, but she's not enjoying it. Like, I feel like we need to give some airtime to those women. Totally. Um, and it's that I work with a lot of women in that demographic. Um, some of my clients have been with their partners for decades, you know, and, and it's really, um, it's not healthy if you're having sex, partly because you're just worried he's going to leave if you don't keep putting out. You know, that is a because what that's doing, if you're not enjoying it, that's just pushing that deeper and deeper yeah. into your own body and you're overriding your body's own signals if it's not feeling good. So sometimes for some clients that requires mm. taking sex off the table for a bit and just coming back to prioritizing their own well-being, right. learning, learning their own self-pleasure. So there's no pressure from the partner, but also it it requires communication and vulnerability because nobody's a mind reader and you know if what you know we all start off with good intentions and perhaps it worked for you 10 years ago but mm. your body's changed and you know if you've had kids your body's changed your hormones have changed you've got comfortable with each other you've become more like housemates or brother and sister almost you know and so it's like that initial spark can mm rub itself out and, and so it requires intentionality and it requires effort and it requires communication but like for example I've got a client at the moment she's been with her partner for 20 they've just celebrated their 26th wedding anniversary um they are their connection is deeper than ever they're mm. having the best sex they've ever had. She's having the most amazing orgasms that she's ever had. He is just enthralled because she's finally mm. able to let go and receive. Let and go and receive. Really receive his love uh, in a way that he wants to give. Um, and mm. it's not all been plain sailing to get, for them to get there, but just right. like that is possible. Yeah. You know, and it's like mm. how, how, you know, there's so many things that can be done to help get there as long as you're both willing mm -hmm. um, intentionality i mean the old paradigm is i just meet the right person and then we sail off into the sunset yeah. whereas con true consciousness is not about processing all the time or going to a million yeah. workshops together no. or being fucked open to god no. consciousness is is there intention yeah but how i bring myself to my relationship to my day to my life right yeah. and that that's the magic and also trying to keep humor when life, when shit hits yes. the fan and, you know, kids walk in or, you know, you yep. don't get the time you would like together or, you know, the, the challenges of real life. It's like trying to put things on a pedestal and, and kind of like this, oh, we're going to mm -hmm. have, we're going to be fucked open to God all the time. It's like, yes and what's realistic you yeah. know <laughs> and right. yeah two humans working as a team i think is more mm. realistic and and yes. that can take you a lot further yeah yes and that's i mean when you're when you're dating and even if you're in a relationship now for me that's the tell like are we a team yeah. Right. Does this person hold the attitude and mindset of we're in this together, which is what secure attachment is, right? Yeah. Somebody has my back. Somebody's here. Somebody cares. Yeah. Right? And reveal revealing that to each other over and over and over. Yeah. yeah. So the, the last thing, or just want to bring up um, clients who, God, I don't even know how old I was when I started self-pleasuring. I did. I was someone who didn't have, I had, I was, brought up with shame around sex, but somehow I didn't do that around self-pleasure. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I feel like I'd love to hear just things about shame around self-pleasure, like, you know, like what's the encouragement around self-pleasure, like why it matters Mm -hmm. to give this some, some airtime, especially women that have been single for a long time, you know, and how important this is. Well, absolutely. So there's two things there. Like one, I want to say why it's fresh in my mind, self-pleasure, especially in relationship is not cheating. Right. It is not cheating. And I don't think dudes even consider this. No, they they don't. So why do we like it is not cheating. Um, And so you're not you're not taking something away from someone else if you self-pleasure. I really see this as self-love. It's you getting to know yourself at the deepest level. Um, One of my clients likes to call it self-worship. Uh, that's oh, which I think so is really good. nice. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's self-care, mm-hmm. it's self-love, it is that basic. And I really believe like if you don't know what turns you on and you don't know what works for you and gets you off, how on earth do you communicate that to somebody else and how do you expect them to be able to, <laughs> to kind of meet you in that? So it really is like one of the most empowering things you can do, like really understanding how your body works. What are the nuances? Why, why does it take longer sometimes than others? Like what are the, what are the little factors that, you know, need to be in place for you to have a good experience? And this is something I do with my clients. So if if one of my clients Mm. has a breakthrough and they experience an amazing new orgasm for the first time, like, Oh wow, I've just had my first G spot orgasm. What we'll do is I'll like, okay, so let's debrief. Like, what were the steps that got mm. you there and why was that different this time to what you'd previously done so that then they can track okay well I I did more foreplay I was feeling more relaxed I'd had a good sleep whatever it is right. it's then going to make it more accessible next time yeah awesome and how many women ever self-reflect I mean like that level of self-reflection yeah. is is vulnerable it is right I mean it, it can just I'm just so blown away by um, what an incredible conversation this has been. And the, the, like, like, thank God for women like you in the world. Like, thank God for the breadth of work that even to be a sexuality coach, mm-hmm. like, wow, <laughs> you know, with like how far we've come in, in our world and to, to take this on in any woman's life or any individual's life to prioritize this is the revolution, like is the reclamation of everything that's been taken from us. Cause I think why people think self-pleasure is cheating is when I think my pleasure, it belongs to him. That's the only translation I could possibly make rather than, of course, I'm not taking anything away for me to have pleasure. I'm not taking anything away from anyone else. Yeah. When I take up space, when I prioritize my happiness, when I prioritize my pleasure, no one's affected in a negative way when yeah. I do that. Absolutely. And the thing is, this is about power as well. It's like, this is how we dismantle or start to dismantle those systems of oppression that exist within us, within our bodies, at a systemic level, whether that's, whether that's white supremacy, whether it's patriarchy, whether it's cis heteronormativity, all of these things that impact us. This is how we get to unravel it. And when we start to question, you know, when things come up, like it's, it's, dirty to self-pleasure or this is wrong it's like we get to interrupt that and we we get to ask says who is this mine or is that something i've just taken on from outside and can i let that go right oh my goodness anything else you want to say that hasn't been said 
Um, well, I feel so, like we have yeah. a very exciting thing to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> about you. <laughs> well, before we do that, I just want to say when it comes to self pleasure, um, most of us learned to do this when we were at a young age in our parents' house. So we we taught ourselves to do it in a way where we wouldn't get caught. So that mm. was under the covers, trying not to make any kind of noise, you know. So that already sets us up for it feeling wrong in some way that's something we shouldn't be doing um and so it takes time to unravel that so don't beat yourself up if if that's you Mm, thank you for that Mm. so you have an incredible resource for the world I do. So by the time this podcast goes live, my book will be available uh, and it's called Orgasms Made Easy. Um, so it's um, the release date is Valentine's Day, February 14th. So exciting. I'm so excited for this to come out into the world. Yeah. And I'm imagining that a lot of what we just talked about is is covered in the book. Absolutely. And I've really kept this as a complete no nonsense guide to self pleasure Mm. and female orgasms. And so taking you through step by step, all of the everything from the foundational pieces with the nervous system and the embodiment, all the way through to giving really technical explanations of how to experience different types of orgasm through self-pleasure and lovemaking so it's a practical how-to guide what a gift what a gift (laughs) to the world to the planet thank you so much for writing it oh it's been a it's been a pleasure it really has (laughs) i can't wait for everyone to get their hands on that well thank you so 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 much what an incredible episode what an incredible conversation i'm i'm definitely in um my own vulnerability right now around what's happened and ways in which I'm not prioritizing my pleasure because of the endless to-do list or the things that I just make more important than that for myself. And I'm humbled by the remembrance of how much that's a state change. Like that if I were to, when I'm walking away from this episode, prioritizing it, let me tell you. Um, But to prioritize my pleasure means I'm prioritizing a calm regulated nervous system right in my well-being i'm 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 regulating myself in other ways besides this but I, but this is the one that probably really really works and, and makes a bigger difference and if i want to model this for my daughter right it starts with me and that's i mean that's like the most important thing to me because i grew up with a mother who was stressed out all the time did nothing for herself ever um major anger issues so I, I already know what that path is like, and I'm not going down that road. Yeah, yeah. So. fantastic. But thank you, thank you, thank you. So where can they get their book? Um, Everywhere? In, the, in <laughs> all the right places, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, you'll find it on Amazon. You'll find it in all the, all the right places, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We'll make sure all the links for how um, women can connect with you are listed below. And do you have um, any programs? Um, yeah. Like, where, how do people be? Are you mostly doing one-on-one work or is group work? I've got a where to go. All of it. Yeah, I've got one-on-one work. I've got a low-cost membership, which is a monthly membership. Oh, great! O Club. So you can come. There's no um, there's no locking contract. So you can just come, um, take what you need for as long or as little as you need it. Um, oh, awesome! I don't think really I even good. knew that. That's yeah. great. <laughs> the O Club. Who wants to yeah. not be part of that? That sounds amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And then there's other group programs and a facilitated training program and lots of different options. So awesome. probably best to head over to my website and everything's on there. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And you know what to do if you've listened to this episode and it's transformed your life and impacted you to share it with someone in your life who might need to hear it. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.